Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Every day, we rise. Challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you're ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Puppies and kitties, books and movies. Yes, we love these. Listen to this podcast, please. Hey guys, who's that mysterious icon in the chat? Oh my gosh, make him go away. It's probably just a glitch. Well, the glitch just typed. <laughs> oh, well then obviously it's a ghost. <laughs> oh. Hello and welcome to Book Squad Goals. Hi. Um, we today are discussing Unfriended, which is a movie that came out a few years ago, but there's not a lot for us to see in theaters right now and Personally, I haven't seen every Marvel movie ever created, so I can't really go talk about Infinity War. Also, I don't want to talk about Infinity War. Also, I have seen every Marvel movie created except for, like, one, and I did see Infinity War, and I was kind of like, eh, I don't need to talk about this. Yeah. I feel like that's the only movie that's out right now that would have been an obvious choice for us to talk about, but also, I'm good. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> instead, we're talking about an old horror movie that not a lot of people saw because everyone thought it would be bad. But it wasn't bad. It was But it not. wasn't bad. And we're here to tell you why. Um, I hope that everyone will watch it after this or that they already did watch it so that they can enjoy this discussion. We are going to spoil a lot, so probably don't listen until you've watched it. Go watch it. It's only... Like, a couple dollars to rent, and it's very short. It's 85 minutes, guys. Also, even spoiled, I think it would be interesting, because the whole, like, premise of the movie is interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I've watched this I movie. Watched, I own it. Three times? <laughs> so, like, technically, <laughs> bragging, Mary. the second two times I watched it, I was spoiled <laughs> on it, and I still enjoyed it. So, I mean, yeah, I'll probably watch enjoyable. it again. This was my first time. And yeah. you loved it. I did. Yeah. Okay, so for our intros, just a quick question. If you were an internet ghost, which social media platform would you use to fuck with people? Snapchat. Well, I know that Kelly would pick Facebook. No. <laughs> well, I guess, like, I could pick Facebook because people wouldn't expect yeah, it. They'd be like, me. who is this? They'd be like, well, Kelly would never Someone hacked you. Kelly's they'd be account. Like, guess, you'd be like, guess who, bitches? And they'd be like, I have no idea. Absolutely no idea. <sighs> Realistically, Twitter. I think I would use 
like Laura Barnes in the movie, I think I would use a variety of platforms. That so, you're not allowed. I you gotta choose one. You have to pick one. <sighs> I mean, because mostly she used Facebook and Skype. Maybe Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say Instagram, too. Also, that was Mary. Yeah, that was said Mary. Instagram. Oh, yeah, and this I was is... Kelly. I that was Kelly. Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> I was Kelly. Now I'm Laura Barnes. Um, this is Emily. I would probably also do Instagram, and I was thinking I would just, like, post pictures of cats on mm. people's wall, and they'd be like, I didn't post that. Oh, my God, get rid of it. And it would just be, like, more cats. <laughs> Delete pictures. that. Yep, that posting pictures yeah, I would definitely... Definitely, this is Susan Snapchat. So many options because it just yeah, it I disappears. Don't Snapchat at all. And people, no one you couldn't like prove to anyone you'd even gotten a thing because then it goes away. And you could like be a nude ghost. So. And the Snapchat logo is a ghost. Also, I I don't like Snapchat, and also I hate Instagram Stories. I don't understand. Just yeah, I only picture. recently started using them because. Oh yeah, I've seen you using it, Kelly. I mostly yeah, watch them because I like to see the kitten lady updating us on how her kittens are doing. Yeah. But wouldn't it be Mine nice are if usually they were just pictures? Things. So you could just Yeah, but sometimes she like goes live and I want to be in there with the kittens. Okay, well live, that's different. Because live you can actually like chat and interact with videos them. of kittens. Well what I like about the stories is that I personally on my Instagram like to make sure that it looks very like curated and like pretty so i don't yeah, actually I post very that. often because like mine is sort of also linked to like me being like a graphic designer so then it's like if someone goes on your instagram and you're a graphic designer and it looks really ugly it's like bad on you somehow we get it kelly you're an artist <sighs> <sighs> meanwhile when you're a writer people just expect your life to be a pile of trash yep yeah <laughs> But anyway, I can post on stories if I want to just show you this funny thing that Penelope did, but my room looked like garbage, and I don't want anyone to see that, like, forever. And you <laughs> just can archive the stories. Hey, I've got a question. Yeah. i got a question for the listeners. Would you like us to start using our stories on Instagram? Because we don't. You can post links through stories. Mm-hmm. We could start doing that for blog posts. If you would like us to post in our stories more... We're brainstorming this right now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I guess we should just get into the thing. Yeah. Um, So this summary is a combination of what pops up in Google and also Wikipedia. Unfriended is a 2014 American found footage supernatural horror film directed by a name that I am about to butcher. Yeah. If anyone has a better idea of how to say this, speak now. There's a lot of silence in this room. Okay. Levon Gabriadze. <laughs> that sounds oh, right. Yeah. He's Russian. And written by Nelson Greaves. Graves. Either way, very spooky. One night. Whether you're grieving or graven. Yep. <laughs> graven. One night, while teenagers Blair, Mitch, Jess, Adam, Ken, and Val take part in an online group chat session, they are suddenly joined by a user known only as Billy227. Thinking it's just a technical glitch, the friends carry on their conversation until Blair begins receiving messages from someone claiming to be Laura Barnes, a classmate who killed herself exactly one year prior. As Blair tries to expose Billy's identity, her friends are forced to confront their darkest secrets and lies. Ooh, bum, bum, bum. That sounds so scary. it's no secret that 
three of us love this movie, Mary, Emily, and Kelly. We've all said multiple times. So Susan was watching this for the first time. Um, But I basically just wanted to ask you guys, like, what is it about this movie that you like so much? And then Susan, tell us your thoughts after. (laughs) Okay. I'll just sit quietly. Just be quiet for a minute, Susan. Okay, start (laughs) and say... I wasn't expecting this movie to be anything. Emily and I see pretty much, or try to see pretty much every crappy horror movie that comes out. And sometimes All of them. we're really surprised. Like we recently saw Happy Death Day, and that was so good. interesting, and I think good. But Unfriended, for me, was kind of like the first bad horror movie I went to expecting to be trash, and it was actually really good. And I enjoyed it, and I think I was intrigued by it, because the whole movie takes place on a computer screen. And it was surreal, especially watching it in the theater, seeing the computer screen just (laughs) going about its time. I don't know. And it's like, there's a familiarity of seeing all the apps and using them in my normal life, but then seeing it on the screen. I don't know. And they did like some interesting thing with suspense and horror through the use of the computer. And I just like, I haven't seen another movie who does that. So, or that does that. So for me, it was unpredictable and surprising. And it's imagery that we all can relate to. Like this is a, like, unlike, I don't know, like a haunted house or, you know, like, I don't know. A haunted... I can't think of anything besides a haunted house. A haunted cabin. Yeah. Or like in the woods. woods or... <laughs> yeah. But like, unlike all of those things, we all get online. Yes. And we all experience these same platforms. And so like, they're super recognizable to us. Like, we right now are in Google Hangouts, which isn't Skype, but it looks pretty damn similar mm-hmm. um, to what they're using. And I use Skype. All the time. I used it earlier today to talk to my therapist. Mm-hmm. So I think that's part of it, too, is, like, these spaces are really familiar to everyone. And, you know, like, you can't help it. Like, I think especially seeing it on the big screen, you go home and you get on your computer and you open up Spotify to put on a playlist. And suddenly it, you're, like, thinking about it in the context of the movie and, I don't know, like, how those things I don't, you're kind of just forced to examine that a little bit more, which is oddly poignant. Just examining somebody play on a computer with all of their like social media apps and things. This is like a part of our life we take for granted, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And there are some really long periods of like Mm -hmm. silence where it's just typing or clicking around and reading for somebody to type. You see the little like, we all yeah. know the suspense of when you're waiting for someone to type and you see the three little dots. <laughs> and that is, like, heightened when you're like, fuck, this is a ghost typing. <laughs> yeah. But you also see, like, the person – because, like, we're wa- – the whole thing is on um, the, the main character, I guess, Blair, her screen. And so – like, we also see her doing that to other people where she's, like, starts typing, deletes what she's typing, starts typing again, deletes what she's mm-hmm. typing. And, like, you know that the person on the other end of that is, like, watching her little dot, dot, dot go. And they're, like, yeah. oh, what and is she going to And we see say? her, like, Googling so. stuff and pulling up YouTube videos mm-hmm. and doing doing multitasking while yeah. she's doing other things, which is just, I don't know, it's, like, very true to life and how people operate, I think. Yeah. Um, Susan. Oh, can I, I can talk now? 
Yes, okay. you're left. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm I didn't even it. finish saying that was just like one of the things, but we'll let Susan talk. <laughs> we'll let her, I guess. <laughs> Starting to feel less important. Um, I love you, Susan. No, no, you're extra important. We're saving you for last because this is really special. Because we've all talked about I how we felt feel. really special. I felt like you gave me a gift. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we re- we're dying to hear what you have to say. Go. Go. Oh God, okay. Go. I had no idea that it was all going to take place on a screen, and I watched it on my laptop, which was even weirder, actually. Uh, like, yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> I kept feeling like, oh, I'm not in full screen, because I could see, like, her desktop apps, like, you know, on the side, and I'd be like, yeah. I'd try to put the movie in full screen, and I'm like, wait, it's in full screen. This isn't my screen. It's hers. <laughs> but... I was going to also talk about those, like, moments of silence where she, like, mutes the call. And so, and she's, like, off investigating a thing. Um, and then she kind of comes back to it and you're just watching her sort of try to figure stuff out or, like, thirst text her boyfriend oh 80 times. Like, uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Can we please talk about how clingy this bitch I will was. say before we move to her being clingy about the silence, <laughs> there's also no score. Like, there's a yeah. few. Oh, wow. Except for when she plays stuff on yeah, Spotify. Yeah, there's, like, a few or... songs that Blair plays on Spotify or the ghost plays on the Spotify. The ghost plays some songs. But there's yeah. no score happening, which is, I mean, scores are kind of like a horror movie staple, you know, so. Well, and uh, scores often ruin the horror yes. movie. They ruin the fear. <laughs> mm-hmm. Almost every, I mean, for me, at least. Yeah. Like, when music starts doing a scary real. thing, I'm like, I'm not scared. And in, in <laughs> scenes where the characters were actually dying and action was happening. There's no music to tell the audience how to feel about that. You just have to process it on your Mm -hmm. own and you just hear screaming. It's a choice and I think it was the right one. But, yes, Emily and I have been patiently waiting to talk about Blair. How much you hate Blair. Mitch! Oh, are we skipping? I don't know. I thought you I mean, were trying to transition to that. And then I was like, but wait. We might on. as well. Oh, yeah. So I added a question to the Google Doc that's just like, who is the worst? Question mark. Spoiler. It's Blair. Yeah. Blair is the worst. Do we all agree with that? That Blair is the worst? Um, they're all pretty bad. They're all bad. Yeah. Oh, they're all terrible people. Which I think is part of the joy of this movie as well is like, they're all bad, mm-hmm. so, like, you feel like you're kind of almost cheering for the ghost? For Laura. <laughs> but even, like, yeah, like even go, Laura go, wasn't go. great either. Like, well, yeah. Yeah, but anyway. I have that later in the okay. in the thing. Okay, but, so um, Blair. Let's talk about Blair. Well, I wanted to say that I, th- I think Adam is giving Blair a run True. for her money, because he's, pretty bad, he's yeah. a piece of shit. Yeah. He is. For sure. He's the best friend of the one Mitch. who's like, I found a gun. Yeah. I'm gonna shoot like, what are you gonna do? Shoot at the computer screen? <laughs> he took fucking yeah. selfies of Blair lying naked on top of him with like a hush finger to his <laughs> lips in the picture after he fucking slept with his boy or his boyfriend. <laughs> that was his girlfriend. I mean, let's be real, they're in love. But And she's like yeah. naked and passed out and he's like taking selfies of them. Like mm-hmm. He is just trash. Mm -hmm. He's, like, such trash. I forget which – they're, like, talking about the parts where they have, like, revealed secrets about each other Mm -hmm. during their endless Never Have I Ever game. 
And I can't remember what he what he did. Oh, he roofied someone. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. That was pretty bad. He's awful. And he made someone. He made the same girl get an abortion. Yeah. Oh <laughs> I was like, damn, so the you've worst. done I mean, a yes. lot of shit like this Blair year. Blair took a video Calm of down. her ex best friend who shit herself while drunk and posted but, it online. Okay. That's also, a bad thing to do. Let me let me argue a little bit about why Blair's the worst just from like a story standpoint. Um we're stuck with Blair <laughs> the entire movie. Like we are seeing everything from Blair's eyes basically because we're looking at her computer screen and she's looking at her computer screen. We never get to escape Blair for a second. We are stuck with this bitch. And let's talk about how clingy she is. Okay? So she First of all, she's extremely clingy, and she has no right to be because she's the one who cheated on her boyfriend. All that right? might be why but she's like, clingy. Because she's that's paranoid. True. But that's even worse. I don't even want to get it. No, like, it is bad. That's, it's that's worse. It's bad. Hypocrisy. Anyway, yeah, she'll text him, and then if he doesn't respond within, like, one second, she's like, babe, babe, are you there? Why are you answering me? Eight question marks. Yeah. <laughs> My assumption was that, which doesn't make it like great but i was assuming that she was like freaked out because of this stuff and she like every time he this disappeared was very, she was like this was like very early in the i movie, know but though. it was like already she had like it was like around the time that she got the message from laura on facebook mm-hmm. it was right before i think she got it and like he she knows he's sitting at his computer and she asks him some question and he like doesn't say anything well maybe he had to take a piss yeah yeah but she was probably just freaking out like and she probably has anxiety oh you threw the anxiety card in there now there's nothing i can say i I mean i feel like i do this a lot like if and i do this in our group text that we have and i do this in private text or as we call them secret text just regular those are just regular (laughs) like i'll be texting and then I'll put my phone down and go to the bathroom. Yeah. I'll put my phone down and go in the kitchen or something. And I might not come yeah. back for a long time. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't bother me. Yeah. But, you know, she's whatever. I mean, that's not the most annoying thing about it's her. It's not. But early on, I was like, chill out, Blair. Yeah. Also, I love that she's really bad at computers because they needed someone to be bad at computers so that they could, like, make the whole thing more, like, conceivable. Like, when she's in Facebook Messenger, she has not clicked the press enter to send button. And she moves her mouse to press send every time. Oh, yeah. And when she's reading, she, like... Her little mouse, like, follows yeah. the line of the words. Like, she's reading so slowly. Yeah. She's dumb as hell. <laughs> I think that's for but a, it's good the viewer's be- benefit and not because she's an idiot. Ex- <laughs> exactly. Because, like, if she did have, she doesn't have any at. keyboard shortcuts, she doesn't know, like, command C is copy, command V is paste. Like, she doesn't know. You guys know that, right? Yeah. She doesn't know any of this. What? What's a computer? Next, you're going to tell me command X kills like, things. It's, but... It would be a lot less effective if we just saw, like, her doing things without, like, pressing the buttons. Because we'd be like, oh, how did that get there? Like, how did that happen? Right. right. So, I, I liked that they created a reason. Also, I just love <laughs> – it's so mean, but the part where they're trying to download the, like, anti – 
like spyware thing and she's like everyone is yelling at her like Blair why do you suck at computers and she's like I'm trying <laughs> it's because she has some Miley Cyrus thing open he's like we can't, it can't empty because this Miley Cyrus file is in use yeah I know I'm it's like, like same girl me too <laughs> also she has two tabs open at all times on her internet for forever 21 and free people <laughs> Oh, yes. I don't know if you guys noticed that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that was one of the things that I really enjoyed about this movie as well, just getting back to why this movie is amazing, is, like, you get the sense that, like, you're supposed to be laughing at these characters mm. a little bit, yeah. you know, like, w- they're kind of making fun of your traditional teen horror movie stereotypes, like, you know, we've got the ver- – and you've listed them here. We've got the yeah. token slutty blonde girl. We've got the douchey boyfriend. We've got the even douchier best friend. We've got, like – The mean girl. The guy who's only friends with them because he gets them drugs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's, like, funny. He's, and- like, the fat, funny stoner friend. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Or as I wrote, the um, Reddit stoner. <laughs> Just neckbeard thing. <laughs> yes. He's definitely on there. <laughs> So I, I don't know. I thought that that was really nicely done to where, like, they weren't – it wasn't, like, so overdone that they were stereotypes, but there were yeah. little, like, Easter eggs if you were paying attention. I don't know if they're even Easter eggs, but, like, if you were paying attention, there were little things that you were like, oh, my God, this girl was yeah. like Forever 21, whatever. <laughs> Y'all, sometimes I shop at Forever 21, though, so, like, I'm making fun of but it. But the thing but is, is, like, by <laughs> seeing got cheap sports bras. those tabs open or, like, seeing what's in Blair's Spotify library or seeing who else has been Facebook messaging Blair whenever she opens those other apps and windows, we get an idea of who Blair is without the movie ever having to officially say it. And for me, that's a mm-hmm. problem in horror movies sometimes, is you have these characters who are so hard to develop because you immediately have to put them in these horrific situations and the plot becomes about staying alive. And so all that character development. And there's so much bad expository dialogue, too. In those yes, and we get all of that development without Blair having to say anything. Just like, what? You know things haven't been the same since your mother died two years ago. Yes. And even though, uh, so Blair also fits into one of those horror movie stereotypes, even though she isn't actually a virgin, they set her up to be, like, the virgin character. Yes. <laughs> True. And then later it's like, oh, no, she ain't, hard though. Because she was really, like, playing up the fact that, like, prom night was going to be the night. I gagged. Night. I was just like, like ugh. What, you know, when I I gagged during the, the song that he sang to celebrate the fact that they were going to have sex what what was it can you sing it two four six eight what do we appreciate your boobies (laughs) i mean i love it when men sing that to me that's the type of guy that i want to have sex for sure (laughs) only on prom night though (laughs) what a horrible time to have do that right i can't imagine it's weird for me also that she was like Ugh, I'm gonna like take the shirt off and stuff. Oh, and, and I'm like, okay, why are you doing this? Like, I get trying to be sexy, but it just seems like she's teasing in a way that's not nice and not. Haven't we all done that on Skype before? Nah. 
Yeah, I wasn't okay. surprised by her behavior. I was like, I've done that, but <laughs> never have I ever done that on Skype before. Everyone put oh those fingers those down. down. But Kelly, <laughs> when you did that, or were you like, prom night's gonna be the night? Well, no, because she wasn't. No, 17. and I also wasn't like, oh, we're supposed to group chat with our friends in one minute. Like, <laughs> also Blair was like, <laughs> let get me the real knife quick. out next. Like, you're gonna kill me. <laughs> yeah, what the hell? That was also just very like strange. <laughs> I don't know. I've totally done that on Skype, too. Yeah, I was going to say, like, <laughs> never have I ever done that on Skype. No? <laughs> Not that it's bad to be into knives or something, but the fact that, like, it kind of seemed like it was just, like, a sudden impulse thing that they were trying out, and then she's like, you're you're sexy when you're threatening me with a knife. <laughs> like, I thought they were joking. <laughs> I don't know. I, I thought the knife thing I was don't a know. joke. But, yeah, I thought um, it was a joke, and then she said, "Get the knife back out," and I was like, "Well, maybe." Yeah, it's yeah true. I was like, I don't think she's smart enough to have that kind of sense of humor. <laughs> she was <laughs> trying to put off like taking off the rest of her clothes, so she was like, "Let's talk about the knife again." Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, anyway, let's so, move on to our next topic, which yeah. is the found footage single screen thing, which we've talked about yeah. quite a lot. Um, so. The whole film takes place on one desktop computer screen. Do we think that this conceit is, like, overall successful? And, like, what are some of the drawbacks of this? Well, I think one of the things that is a drawback is you're only getting one shot the entire time, which I think, for for one, it's good because it doesn't lend itself to, like, jump out scares as much. Mm-hmm. But I think, like... A lot of times it, like, doesn't lend itself to, like, scary imagery because you're, like, stuck on the computer screen for the most part. So some things didn't seem as scary as they might have been. One of the moments that I thought was the scariest, though, that, like, was really successful because of the way that it was being filmed, and I thought that this was a creative way to use this, was, like, when they they get Val back on and Mm -hmm. she's just, like, sitting there Mm -hmm. completely still. And they think that her... They think it must be frozen, but it's not. She's just sitting there totally still. And we know this because we see her phone start vibrating in, like, the corner of the screen. And you're like, oh, shit, she's not frozen. She's just sitting there staring at them. (laughs) It's so weird. So I thought that was really creepy. Um, I do also want to um, reference the only other uh, movie I've seen that's done this technique is um, VHS. Has anyone seen that? Mm -hmm. It's in my Netflix queue. And has been yeah, for a long it's time. Really I started good. watching it and then I had to stop because there was so much shaky cam. So each section is filmed differently, but there's one section to me, which is the scariest section, which is all a Skype conversation between a girl whose name is Emily. So maybe that's part of the reason it was scary to me. And a guy who is her boyfriend and who is allegedly, I'm not going to give it away, but allegedly far off somewhere else. So they're doing a Skype call. Um, and she, it, she's alone in her apartment and she's like, I hear something like out in the living room and like, I'm scared. And she like take, but like the thing that's really cool about that is she like takes the computer with her out into the living room and just sort of like faces it out there. And she's like, tell me what you see. And there are like little like children with like crazy eyes out all like in her living room. And it's like terrifying. And I'm not going to give away what happens next, but, like, oh, my God. It was, like, I saw that in the theater with my friend, Freddie. Hey, Freddie, what's up? And we were just, like, <laughs> ah, ah, 
We were like screaming at the top of our lungs. <laughs> and now my throat hurts. <laughs> but I thought, so like, I thought that that was kind of cool because like, she like kind of like swung the um, com- computer around so you, she could like see what else was happening in the room and it was really dark. Um, so I kind of like miss moments like that, that you get. Um, from a normal scary movie because like to me and I think I've mentioned this before like darkness is a really terrifying thing to me and like Mm -hmm. not knowing what's out there in the dark and there's not a lot of that in this movie but I think like it did a good job working with what it had for the most part in terms of darkness I think there are moments of not actual darkness but like where someone's screen is just kind of in and out and so it's the Mm -hmm. same kind of effect as if you were in a dark room and you're getting like a glimpse of a scary thing it's like lag Um, so I think it. Yeah. I think for the most part it really worked. And I um I tend to like found footage stuff anyway, but it goes wrong a lot because like mm-hmm. what's cool about this is it's like real time. And so that's why it works to stay on that screen because you're just like watching something go the whole time. Right. Where found footage I think messes up a lot is that it looks so heavily edited that it's like you don't buy the conceit yeah. that it was found in the first place and so you kind of can't suspend the disbelief. But this like really felt like just watching the one continuous thing is way scarier to me. And I was reading about it earlier and I guess they the way that they did it was they filmed in like long takes, so they would do like ten minute takes. Mm-hmm. But then I read that they did one like full length take that because the girl playing the main character was like, I feel like doing these ten minute things is like taking away from the like uh mm-hmm emotional whatever of like being in the moment and so she requested that they do one really long takes they did like a 90 minute take and i guess like a lot of the final scene that plays out is like from that long take that they did where they're all like freaking out by the end Mm -hmm. which i think is that makes sense from an acting perspective too i mean because because it's all supposed to be real time like it cutting that much probably would be do something to yeah. Now get back to that really emotional place you yeah. just were that you're supposed to still. We're gonna be pick in up from where that uh, guy got shot in the face. So yeah, <laughs> bring yourself there. I the thing it works for me really well, and I enjoy how it's set up a lot. But I will say you have to really suspend your disbelief to believe that they're chatting. To me, because, like, they're high school friends. They all live in the same town. Why are they video chatting? And when stuff starts getting weird, why don't they just get off the computer? Yeah, they do that stuff. They do this now. Really? I mean, when I was a teenager, we talked on the phone all night. Like, I would not go to sleep some nights because I would be on the phone with my friends until it was time to go to school the next day. So that does not surprise me at all. And all the time when I see teenagers in public places, like at yes, the airport. Yeah, FaceTiming. Yeah, always FaceTiming. Face it's all the so time. annoying. They're being the freaking Starbucks FaceTiming. Yeah. And I'm like. You're like, yeah, I don't know, blah, 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 like walking through it. And I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe yeah. what we're finding out now is I was just a really boring teenager. <laughs> Maybe. I mean. I never had Skype sex. <laughs> I used to, I mean, I used to be on, like, instant messenger a lot. Yeah. I fell asleep one time as a teenager in the middle of instant messaging someone at, like, three in the morning. I woke up the next morning. I was, like, asleep on my computer. Oh, my gosh. It was real awesome. Naked. No, I wasn't naked. It was just a friend. I'm kidding. But. 
Like, my first high school boyfriend, <laughs> I barely spoke to him in person for the first year of oh knowing him. Like, before he was my boyfriend, when we were, like, friends, I, like, met him through one of my other friends, but we, like, introduced ourselves to each other on AIM. <laughs> And we would just oh, yeah. talk on AIM all the time. And I maybe talked to him like three or four times in person when I would see him at school. But we talked on online all the time. And it wasn't until he was like, hey, should we like date that we actually started hanging out in person. <laughs> so teens oh, man. are weird. Yeah. They are weird. Okay, speaking of teens, <laughs> I want to talk about cyberbullying. <laughs> um, PSA time with <laughs> Killy. Cyberbullying is Don't bad. do it. Don't yeah. do it. But it's kind of like Obviously, on trend, so. Yeah. If you want to be cool. This movie has an anti-cyberbullying message at the center of it, but it's not as simple as poor Laura Barnes. She got cyberbullied and then she died. Like, she is also doing her fair share of bullying, and she is not – a great person even when she is alive based on what we learn about her. Um, so what is the actual message here, do you guys think? People are trash. Yeah. 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 I mean, I do I do feel like this movie has a pretty bleak outlook on, yeah. like, the fact that friendships are fake, people are bad, and even the people who are harmed are also bad. That's true, but then a lot of their relationships just seem completely built on lies. And they were. We they all that, were. Um, like, even when they're calling up Val, right? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. they are calling her up, and as they're waiting for her to ring, they're like, pick up the phone, you slut. Well, and Ken, the Redditor dude, is literally like, can I just say that I don't like Val? Like, right before she picks up the phone. Yeah. And And they're like, well, no one likes Val. Like, okay. When Val picks up and sort of (laughs) opens her part of that, she's like, oh, I hear you. And And he's like, pick it up, you stupid bitch. They seem (laughs) like they do this all the time. They seem like they're just not nice people. None of them are. And it makes sense Mm -hmm. for Laura to be... Just like they are. I mean, all of their relationships yeah. are built on lies and sort of low-key hating each other. Well, Jess and Val, like, start physically threatening each other within, like, ten seconds of thinking the other one is fucking with yeah. them. Like, they're like, And then You're the worst thing that Blair Apulia. says for the whole film is, come on, guys, please, we're not ghetto. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my God. I, like, screamed when she said that that was the true Blair horror. is racist this is why she's the worst yeah she is ra- i mean i'm sure they're all racist you yeah. telling me um, adam's not racist oh yeah this was some super white teens oh yeah Le- that that could be part of this commentary as well they're all yeah. white and yeah they all seem I bet they just all like white Trump. teens are terrible <laughs> they all seem well and they're having the whitest white kid conversation on the in the beginning like the whole reason they're on the phone is because they got these concert tickets and like okay like who got the weed who got the molly Oh my god, let's call our stupid bluesy friend, bitch oh my Val. God. We've we've got three tickets in the balcony and three on the floor, and which where who's gonna sit where because we didn't get them all together. They're definitely these are th- that's another thing is these people really rang true to me as people that I knew in high school. Like not yeah. people yeah. that were in the same crowd as me, <laughs> but like the people who would like have these extravagant house parties at their really huge Mm -hmm. rich people houses and like just seemed to 
all be constantly talking shit about each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, and constantly, like, there would be, like, these people are friends. Oh, they're not friends anymore. Like, mm-hmm. these people are dating. Oh, now they hate each other. Oh, now those two people are together. And it's, like, a thing that I was, that, like, I was watching from the sidelines. Like, wow, those people are And insane. this is a familiar setting if you watch something like Gossip Girl. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. we do. Yeah, obviously. We did. Yeah. To be fair, Gossip Girl is far less realistic than this. <laughs> yeah. 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 Starting with the fact That's that most true. of its actors are, like, in their 30s. Uh, <laughs> XOXO Gossip Laura Barnes. Another um, message of this movie is that, like, none of these white teens can, like, hold their alcohol or control themselves when they're drunk. Like, yeah. Laura, no, th- obviously, I mean, like, shit her pants. That's not an excuse. You, like, you don't accidentally fuck your boyfriend's best Yeah, but they keep using it as, like, no, I was drunk. But then Blair was like, like well, Adam's drunk, drunk right now, and he's, like, super mean when he's drunk. And, like, Laura's whole thing was that she was so drunk she shit her pants, and her friends were so drunk that they, like, posted this video of her, and they're like, well, sorry, I mean, I was drinking. It's like, okay, no, but you're still an asshole. Yeah, you yeah. weren't drinking the next You're an asshole still, up there. still currently. <laughs> so, I guess... I- I was asking, like, am I am I reading too much into this? Am I, like, trying to look for an actual message here? Or is this movie just meant to be, like, scary? I don't scary? think that you are reading too much into it, because I think on some level we have to remember that this movie was made by MTV. <laughs> and... Hence the MTV tab being open. That's interesting. I mean... It they had, like, a Teen Wolf episode Yeah, she, was, she had been searching for Teen Wolf. I mean, this mm-hmm. movie... Isn't she in Teen Wolf? <laughs> that's hilarious. I feel like that actress is in Teen she Wolf. So that's, like... Is she? Super meta. I thought I this, so. she was a nobody. Nope. I, I think I looked it up and she's in Teen Wolf. But, like, the movie was made by MTV. And even though MTV is not necessarily known for its, like, cinematic prowess... They are known. Joe's apartment. Hello, the movie about all the roaches. I never saw that. Oh, wow, that sounds oh, gross. That sounds awful. Um, I wasn't allowed to watch it. Were they cyber bullies <laughs> or just regular roaches? Like regular roaches. But like MTV is known for like trying to curb bad teen behavior, and even though they, you know, sometimes focus on things that we don't want teens to do, like teen pregnancy. They do say, like, if you know someone who's going through this, here's some places you can get help. You know, like, they do try to, like, provide some resources for people who might be struggling. I remember, like, on True Life, they used to always do that. So it makes True sense Life. that they would try to, like, communicate an anti-cyberbullying message because, I mean, that is a problem right now. Like, I've seen so many news stories, and I know you guys have too, about teens who have killed themselves because they got bullied so badly online by people Mm -hmm. they went to school with. So, it makes sense that MTV would want to convey that message, but I don't think that message is so heavy-handed that it's also, that it loses, like, some of its scariness, you know? Like, it is working as a horror movie, too, I think. So, did you guys find this scary like generally yeah it wasn't the main thing i liked about it i wouldn't yeah. say like that was its number one quality for me yeah it's not the type of movie that i'm like thinking about and feeling afraid after i, I, watched it. I mean i was right. scared by it in the sense that i thought about it later and like when we first started mm-hmm. recording the podcast and pulling up google hangouts i was like hmm 
<laughs> this is kind of <laughs> like Unfriended. But movie horror movies that really stick with me and make me actually afraid later is stuff like It Follows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like psychological, yeah, like psychological horror type horror movies. I don't want to say, yeah. like, I'm too smart for Unfriended, because I clearly, like, really love it. But it's not... It's horror is not going to stick with me, but what it's doing mm-hmm. um, story-wise and with how yeah. it's filmed did stick with me. And I still, like, recommend it yeah. to people all the time, because I think it's great. Yeah, I mean, it's, like, right. as scary as a slasher film yeah. is, yes. you know? Yes. I thought it was going to be... I think it would have been scarier... If the reveal had been that this was a human, like a live human behind it, and just sort of using Laura Barnes as the front for it. I mean, I know because they introduced all the the idea of like a dead person can possess you um, in the beginning. And so I was hoping that that was a thing to like actually throw you off and they would be like, (laughs) a ghost. And then actually it's like, you know, someone's like fucked up brother. (laughs) Yeah. But anyway, that's not what happened. Ghosts really scare me, so I yeah, wouldn't same. necessarily say that that would be scarier. Like, if there's a, a serial killer or a person doing something scary, I'm like, I don't know. It doesn't bother me. I was just <laughs> waiting for a cool reveal of, like, a person you least expect who, like, made a year-long plan and carried it out. Like, that's scary to me. You, it was. It was Laura, the, the dead ghost. person. I mean, I got it. I'm just saying. She spent a year learning how to infiltrate the internet as a ghost. Yeah. Also, it was weird, like, how Laura died was sort of suspect to me. And when Emily and I rewatched it this past weekend, I was talking about this. I was like, no one shoots themselves like that. Why wouldn't you just put the gun in your mouth, girl? Well, she, yeah. she was, like, holding <laughs> This is a recipe for fucking that up. Herself. Far yeah. away arms from length, her body. Arms length away from her face. It was very strange. I don't want to criticize how she chose to kill herself. I mean, she got the job done. That's all that matters. Well, maybe just... there was an implication. Maybe she was possessed. Yeah, but she probably, like, she could have literally just yeah. blown half her face off, though, and not died, which would have... That's not a that's not a good way to shoot yourself. <laughs> it's interesting too because like going with the whole like maybe she was possessed theory, isn't that also exactly how Adam shoots himself? Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like someone is pulling the gun up and pointing it at you yeah. using your own hands. Oh, so maybe that's how she died too. Is this mm. opening the door for a unfriended prequel? <laughs> oh my god there is a sequel i would a thousand percent watch a prequel but like wouldn't that be great mm-hmm. to get a prequel of like how did laura get possessed mm-hmm. that would be maybe. probably she was cyberbullying someone and she got possessed uh-huh. and maybe she probably. like was drinking that night to hide her pain mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. maybe the pos- she was possessed and that's why she shit herself mtv hit us up we could write this for yeah, you we got ideas we got this we'll write it for Less than half of whatever you pay these other people. <laughs> <laughs> I'll write it for a thousand dollars. You're bad negotiator. A thousand dollars. You got to aim higher than that, Mary. Five thousand more than that. I'll do it that. if you pay off my student loan. Oh yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> this movie has a Rotten Tomatoes rating of 63% critics and 37% audience. This was shocking to me. Shocking to me, too. I don't get it. Like, this is so enjoyable. I don't... 
see how because like usually I would think it would be lower critics, higher audience. But critics yeah. seem to appreciate this more yeah. than the audience did, which is really like how do you not enjoy this? It's so fun to watch. It's fun. It's quick. You know, it's not like it lasts a long time. It's not slow. You get no. the ghost like immediately. I don't understand. I, People are dumb. I mean, I think critics are sort of trained to appreciate things that are different or movies that are executing an interesting idea well. And so even if ultimately critics weren't like, this is the best horror movie, blah, 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 they still could see this is doing something different. It kind of, you know, it's doing it in a pretty successful way considering what it is. That's enough. Like I was looking through some AV club articles and they were talking about when discussing the sequel to Mm -hmm. um, Unfriended, they said in this article, we were really surprised how good Unfriended was. Yeah, yeah, I think that that's a problem, too, with critics, um, is that, like, they don't expect horror movies to be good. In general, they're really hard on horror movies. And I think, like, just, like, a lot of times, just because of the genre, it's going to get a lower rating than it would if it were something else. Unless it's an artsy-fartsy horror movie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But, like, a lot of the things that horror movies are sort of, like, known for are things that, like, critics have just decided or not yeah worthwhile yeah yeah well it depends on the critic too yeah but i think i'm I'm just saying like that's to me i think a lot of the reason that it scored so low is like it's well my question is not even about the critics it's about why it scored so low with audiences Cause, like cause people that's are dumb what I'm more confused because about. people are dumb that's my answer to that one but it seems like a movie that even dumb people could enjoy a lot honestly i'm thinking about like, I am thinking about, um, like, my mom, whenever I'm like, let's watch a movie with subtitles. She's like, I don't want to read. And so, like, if you tell someone, oh, there is reading. you're going to have uh-huh. to sit down and, like, read a bunch of small print to fully understand what's happening in this movie. I just, I guess I can't grasp the concept of, of reading being, like, a thing that I have to do. It's like, when it's on the screen, it just, I just, like, register read it. it. I like, read it. Yeah. Like, I'm not like, oh, I got to read that thing that's right there. Let me get ready. <laughs> like, <laughs> but I don't know. <laughs> um, okay, so finally, as we have referenced this year at South by Southwest, the production company premiered a surprise sequel called Unfriended, colon, Dark Web. Um, the director is different, but one of the screenwriters is is still the same. It's the same screenwriter joined by another person. Um, and supposedly it's pretty fun based on, like, the one or two reviews I read of it. So, are y'all ready for this? Yeah. I mean, are it's a horror movie, so I'm excited and I will be there. I go, like, I'm not lying when I say, like, I go see every horror movie. All yeah. of them. Future other said, perhaps? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Potentially. Yeah. I... When I was talking about Unfriended the other day, um, Todd said, oh, you know they're doing a sequel, right? And I said, excuse me? (laughs) And, like, demanded we look it up right that minute. (laughs) I need to know now. Did you get out a knife to demand (laughs) it? Look it up! (laughs) (laughs) No. Oh, God. So, that's Unfriended. And... We love it. Please write in and tell us how you feel about Unfriended. And if you didn't like it, I really don't want to know about Keep it. it but yourself. I mean, like, I guess you should let us know. Write in and tell us why you didn't like it, and then we'll tear you apart. 
Yeah, basically, that's what's going to happen. Also, write in and tell us your least favorite thing about Blair. Yeah. Tell us why Blair is Or argue why another character is worse than her. But then I'll tell you why you're wrong. Or write in five never have I ever questions and we will answer them honestly on the next episode. But we'll do it with our hands so you won't be able to tell. Well, Well, you'll tell when someone dies. I have to say, I am now lowering my finger. (laughs) (laughs) I am now lowering my finger. Nobody make any sudden moves. It's just a (laughs) finger. I'm reaching for my finger. (laughs) Okay, so now we're going to take a quiz. Oh, yeah. Okay, so I want to tell you guys about this quiz. This is a quiz that I made, so you guys can make fun of the questions that I ask. Um, I feel like I should just let you guys take the quiz because I wrote it. Yeah, you know how it is. Do you know who you get? You probably get You know how it is. You probably designed it so that you would get No, I didn't get Heathcliff. Um, (laughs) But, I mean, I can take it with you guys, I guess, but I'll let you guys pick first. Anyway, this is a quiz I wrote for Book Riot. It is which... Or who is your literary boyfriend? Your bookish boyfriend, if you will. I prefer the term literary because it sounds smarter, but people on the internet now use the term bookish, so that's what I had to do, even though I kind of think it's dumb. Damn them. But anyway, let's take the quiz. And we're going to put a link in the show notes so you can take the quiz too, but take my quiz. I wrote it. It's great. There are 10 different boyfriends you could potentially get, so there's someone out there for everybody. That's a lot of boys. I'm ready. I'm already That's a lot of boys. One. Let's go. Obviously, you love reading books. What's your favorite type of book to pick up? Classic literature, contemporary literary fiction, fantasy, romance, young adult. I gotta go young adult. Let's just all rapid fire this. I'm gonna go fantasy. Contemporary literary fiction? Contemporary literary fiction. Pick a song about money. Can't Buy Me Love by The Beatles, Money by Pink Floyd, Bills, Bills, Bills by Destiny Child, Destiny's Child, I Will Buy You a New Life by Everclear, Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend by Jewel Stein and Leah Robin. Gotta go with The Beatles. Same. I'm gonna go with Destiny's Child. Oh, definitely. Close you try to good brother. Silly me, what haven't I found enough? You and your boo are planning a weekend getaway where do you want to go a staycation just the two of us at home in bed reading books or whatever that's sex that means a road sex. trip we're going to hit up as many destinations as possible <laughs> a remote cabin in the woods where we can take hikes and connect with nature singapore or somewhere somewhere else far away and exotic i would like a staycation because i like just hanging out i'm gonna go with singapore I'm a big hiker. I'm going to go remote cabin in the woods where we can take hikes and also get killed by a serial killer. I know. I was about to say, please don't get murdered. (laughs) I'm going to say Singapore also. What Mm. is the most important quality in a significant other? Passion, creativity, sincerity, a sense of adventure, a sense of humor. Oh, man. Sense of humor. I will say sincerity because I will say that seems like honesty. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go with sincerity also. Creativity. Creativity. <laughs> going with sincerity, but passion was a close second. Todd is not an option on the quiz. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How do you feel about long-distance relationships? If you truly love someone, love can overcome all obstacles, even distance. 
even death. <laughs> oh, God. Long distance is a deal breaker for me. I would try to make it work, but I wouldn't want to make any promises. I don't think long distance relationships ever work out for anyone. I don't think long distance relationships ever work out for anyone. This is hard to answer because I think it depends on the circumstances, but I'm just going to assume mm-hmm. we were already dating before this relationship started, and I'm going to say I would try to make it work. But I wouldn't want to make any promises? Yeah. Yep. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. I guess I'll say that too, because I have done it before. I'd try to make it work, but wouldn't make any promises because we all know that I wouldn't be able to do it. So, <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm just being honest up front and saying, like, no, I'm not going to be able to do that. Facing Sorry. it on the past, trying it more than once. It's not worked so far. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Pick a romantic movie. Mulan How Rouge. How convenient. Emily put Mulan Rouge in here. Love Actually, which I would argue is not romantic. <laughs> well, I know. Okay, look. I tried to pick things that other people would like, not just what I would like, and a bunch of people like Love Actually, so I put they it on here, wrong. even though I think that movie is trash. The Notebook. I like it. Okay. Titanic, Love, Simon, Casablanca. I'm going to pick Moulin Rouge. Me too. Not even for the romance, so just for like the wonderful musical numbers. I'm going to pick Love Actually. Just kidding. I'm picking Moulin Rouge. Okay. I'm picking Love Actually for real because I actually find that movie quite endearing. Okay. And I don't. I feel I'm, bad you now. actually find that movie endearing? Actually? actually Wait for Susan's blog actually. post about Love Actually coming this Christmas. Yeah. It's <laughs> super relevant Hanukkah, over 10 years later. In defense of Love Actually. God. Yeah. I understand the problems with it, but I love it. Actually. Be honest. Are you into bad boys? Yes, absolutely. No, maybe a little. I used to be, but not anymore. No, flat out no for me. I like a sensitive boy. I'm going to say maybe a little. I'm going to also say maybe a little. I, you know, Ben is a bad boy and all. He is. <laughs> but um, I'm going to say I used to be, but not anymore. I'd like to say that I feel like about myself, but it's not fully true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just need a couple more bad boys before it's out of my system. <laughs> well, I'm married now, so it's done. Yeah. What do you do to relieve stress? Meditation or yoga? Read? Coloring books? ASMR videos? Drugs or alcohol? Just being real here. <laughs> or sex, obviously. I'm going to say coloring books. I'll say read. I'm going to say read, too. Oh. Uh, you can say sex. It's okay. Okay. <laughs> What was your best subject in high school? <laughs> or just in school. What was your best subject in school? English, art, history, math, PE, or cutting class? Do you guys want to guess what mine was? Art. Yours was art. Art? It was art. Mine was English. <laughs> oh, We like were all, that. the rest of us are definitely in the English, right? No, I was cutting class, y'all. Oh, Oof. English Emily right. was bad girl. Well, she did like the bad boys back then. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You See, there's a narrative happening. Pick a quote. Let's all read one. Okay, let's all read one. Yeah, pick a quote about marriage. Number one, it is not a lack of love, but a lack of friendship that makes unhappy marriages. Nietzsche. Uh, Men marry because they are tired. Women because they are curious. Both are disappointed. (laughs) Oscar Wilde. Of course. (laughs) I began to think maybe it was true that when you were married and had children, it was like being brainwashed. And afterward, you went about as numb as a slave in a totalitarian state. Sylvia Plath. That sounds just bleak enough to be Sylvia Plath. Um, The essential matrimonial facts. That to be happy, you have to find variety and repetition. That to go forward, you have to come back to where you begin. 
Jeffrey Eugenides. Mm, this is hard. Gotta go with Eugenides. My boy. My boo. Um, my boo. Uh, do I want to be, like, real uh, negative or real positive? It's very hard. You just got married, bitch. <laughs> I so I can't say that slave in a totalitarian state thing. You think that would be bad? <laughs> Maybe. I'm going to say Eugenides. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with that, too. Like, I really like the Nietzsche quote, but I think that there's something beautiful about saying, like, you have to find variety and happiness in, like, mundane life stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I think everyone says, like, oh, I married my best friend. Like, duh, we all know that. Yeah. But, like, what else? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, not to be a downer, but, like... I'm going to go with Oscar Wilde. (laughs) Yeah. It's a good one, too. It's just where I am right now. Okay. What'd you guys get? I got Daniel from The Sun is Also a Star, which I have not read. I got that, too. That's a good one. I got Robbie from Atonement, and I don't really know who that is because I haven't read it. Jealous. Robbie is James McAvoy, so. Yeah. Well, Well, you can read your little description if you want. Susan, who'd you get? Henry from The Time Traveler's Wife. Oh. <sighs> I like that. I love that book. Collective sexual sign. <laughs> so, Kelly, do you want to read the description for ours? Sure. Daniel from The Sun is Also a Star. There's a Japanese phrase that I like. Would you like to pronounce that, Emily? <laughs> Koi no yokan. It doesn't mean love at first sight. It's closer to love at second sight. It's the feeling when you meet someone that you're going to fall in love with them. Maybe you don't love them right away, but it's inevitable that you will. Meet your bookish boyfriend, Daniel, from Nicola Yoon's young adult novel, The Sun is Also a Star. Daniel is a hopeless romantic, and even if you aren't, he's prepared to convince you of the wonderful powers of love. So get ready to be romanced, even if it takes all day. Cute. cute. He's really sweet. But he's also a teenager, so not sexy. But, you know. Robbie from Atonement. He knew these last lines by heart and mouthed them now in the darkness, my reason for life. Not living, but life. That was the touch. And she was his reason for life and why why he must survive. Your bookish boyfriend is Robbie from Ian McEwan's Atonement. Robbie is the poor son of a housekeeper who is nevertheless supplied with a Cambridge education thanks to his mother's employer. Smart, sensitive, and loyal, Robbie is a dream boyfriend. Also, he's played in the film version by James McAvoy, so you're welcome. That's right. <laughs> he's so hot in that movie. <laughs> Susan, what's your say? Henry from The Time Traveler's Wife. I'm sorry, I didn't know you were coming or I'd have cleaned up a little more. My life, I mean, not my apartment. <laughs> <laughs> not just the apartment. <laughs> Um, I had to do that. I want to read that. Your bookish boyfriend <laughs> so is Henry good. from The Time Traveler's Wife. With Henry, be ready for a bit of unpredictability in your life. One moment he'll be there, and the next he'll be back in 1980 without warning. But absence makes the heart grow fonder, right? Sure. Oh. That's such a good book. Sure. It's so good. Maybe we need to do an other episode about The Time Traveler's Wife is what I'm hearing. Oh, boy. We could. The movie, though, One of these days. is hot garbage. Yeah, the movie's hot garbage. want to know who wrote in this listener feedback this is from my friend alan (laughs) who i made go to this movie with me (laughs) oh no he's real pissed 
so this is a, f- a listener feedback for Ready Player One that was written by my friend Alan. Hi, Alan. I know you wanted to remain anonymous, but I'm about to call you out right now <laughs> because you keep complaining about spending $17, but you spent $10 because I got you a discount on your ticket, bitch. Does it cost $17 to go see a movie? Here it it's, does. Excuse oh me? Oh, my God. In New York. Yeah. It's so It's unfortunate. It's $17. That's insane. Yeah. Like, that's not an exaggeration. That's really insane. And that's, like, not – if you try to go see, like, an IMAX movie, it's, like, $25. Mm-mm. Okay. Hey, BSG. Though the movie was hot trash, I liked your breakdown of Ready Player One. I had a question about the second challenge, i.e. the only part of the movie that didn't make me want to rip my seat cushion off and throw it at the screen. <laughs> Same. <laughs> you all pointed out how problematic the end of the challenge was, and I agree. I was wondering if you see any connection between the end of the challenge and the controversy and or plot of The Shining. Do you think that there was some reference being made when James Halliday left this woman in the clutches of the dead for eternity, which is the inverse of the end of The Shining film, where Wendy manages to escape and leave Jack behind? Or is it possibly a reference to Stanley Kubrick's infamous treatment of Shelley Duvall on set? Am I reading too much into this? Am I trying to give this film too much credit to console my own sadness about the $17? $10. I paid to go watch it. I was interested in hearing your take on it. Thanks, a concerned cinema goer with 17, no, 10, <laughs> less dollars in his wallet. I love how salty you are that you got him a discount. Yeah, well, it's because he's not being very appreciative. He's lying. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I didn't even think about the Stanley Kubrick, Shelley Duvall thing, but now I think that totally makes sense. I don't think you're reading too much into it. Because I think uh, Steven Spielberg was totally, like, putting things like that throughout this movie. And so if you're, like, a huge fan of The Shining, you might know these things and be like, oh. For people who don't know, would you like to enlighten us? Me? Yeah. You. Oh, Stanley Kubrick was a real dick to Shelley Duvall. <laughs> and like, yeah. kind of abusive. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. To like try to get the reaction from her that he wanted. He was like pretty like abusive and mean to her. Um, which sadly, this is not a new technique. Directors do this to their starlets all the fucking time. Hitchcock did it yeah, regularly. Hitchcock. Yeah. So it's really annoying. How about, okay, try this out, guys. Men, I'm talking to you. Lean in close. Stop being such dicks to women, okay? Yeah, Alan. Don't give me that not all men bullshit. If it's not you, then I'm not talking Stop to you. Stop trying to pretend that we don't get you discounts <laughs> yeah. on movie tickets. Just be cool. All right? <laughs> all right. I'm talking to everybody again. My time with the men were- is over. My time with the men is over. <laughs> yeah. All both of the male listeners heard you. So that's fine. (laughs) I also made Alan watch Unfriended with me quite a while ago. Did he love it? I think so. I mean, we all were, uh, you know, happy having a good time. If you didn't love it, Alan, let us know. (laughs) Yeah, please write in. What's on the blog, guys? Well, oh, let me tell you. Hell's back. And by hell, I mean Riverdale. Yep. Hell hath returned. <laughs> so Riverdale recaps are still going. And we are very close to finding out who the Black Hood is. Or are we? Because what if they just carry this on into the next season? I will scream. That's my worst nightmare. That is my worst nightmare. 
Mm-hmm. Whether we find out or not, Kelly and I will be here to <laughs> tell you how it happens. Only three episodes left of this 22 episode this season. 500 Y'all episodes. have committed to a thing that I just feel like you regret. I don't think I knew how many episodes there the were. The first season is we like a this. reasonable 13 or something. <laughs> yes. I'm going to go out on a limb and say this is a bigger commitment than a long distance relationship. Yes. I yeah. mean, and it's and also more abusive. A lot more painful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We had to listen to KJ Appa sing. Oh my God. God, it's tough. No, wait. God, it's rough being tough. Oh no, stop. God, it's rough being tough. (laughs) Although, I will say in the latest episode, we got the wonderful line delivered by Cole Sprouse as Jughead, who I think is like completely just trying to be ironic at this point, saying, Will he OD'd on Jingle Jangle? (laughs) And he also said, Get the hell out, you imposter! That was my favorite, and I put a gif of it in the recap because it was so stupid. (laughs) Okay, sorry, guys. Um, Tell us about your blog posts, Emily and Susan, who are literally both looking at their phones right now. Because they're so I'm not. I'm looking at this rubber band. Actually, actually. this this pause, everything froze, so I was about to text you guys and be like, I can't hear you. Okay, but I got you. You're back now. I just, like, caught up. So... Um, it just conveniently froze during our Riverdale discussion. I mean, I'm just going to play I don't control the Hogwarts mystery game. The ghost computer situation. Uh, anyway, I, Susan, wrote um, a blog about crashing, which is Pete Holmes' created show on HBO um, with Judd Apatow. And why I love it so much, and I think it's so funny and so good, and just also why Pete Holmes himself is, like, a sweet angel baby. Mm-hmm. So... Just go read that, and then also go watch Crashing, and if you're already watching it, I would really love to talk to you about it, so email us. Yeah. I might watch it, because I just heisted somebody's HBO Go information. That's great, because eventually we're going to do a Westworld episode. Yeah, that's why I got it. I have talked a few friends into watching Crashing, and they've both really liked it, and we're not, like, already diehard Pete Holmes people like me. Cool. So I will check it out. Um, so I've got a couple of things on the blog. I talked about Isla Dogs last time, but let me just tell you again. I wrote about Isla Dogs. <laughs> it's real cute. Um, also, I wrote about Indie Bookstore Day, which, even though it's already happened, I still put a lot of information in there about why indie bookstores are the best. Uh-huh. Um, and you should pay attention to that. Also, Mary and I went to see I Feel Pretty this weekend. The new Amy Schumer joint, and <laughs> oh, have shit. things to say about it. <laughs> joint. So we said them, and we're not going to give them away here because you should read our we blog post about it. A lot it. of things to say about it. I know. We kept saying like, "Okay, we're done," and then we'd be like, "Let's just add like one little thing, yes. little more thing." To I have a dog. general question oh, for I, you. Yeah. Since it, I haven't talked to you guys about it, did you like it? In general. I wouldn't say in general. Okay. I didn't <laughs> hate it. These I loved Michelle Williams. Ringing endorsements. Because um, I'm, I'm totally going to go see it by myself and do my classic chips and you know what I? You know what I liked about the movie? I liked Michelle Williams' puppy dog print dress. And ah. I would like to know where I can buy it. I also just really love A.D. Bryant. And she's a supporting character. And so I like seeing her. We also, in our blog post, link to, like, a pretty funny Amy Schumer skit and a pretty funny A.D. Bryant skit. So, like, we have citations. 
Oh. Is the Amy Schumer's get stolen, like, most of her material? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Sorry. I don't know much oh, about I don't Amy know. Schumer, to She be got honest. a reputation for stealing shit yeah, from people. Yeah, I don't think this one is, but who knows. So, yeah, go check that out, everyone. Mm-hmm. We also have a podcast. You're listening to it right now. <laughs> what? I'm <laughs> listening to a podcast. Major spoiler. We have a podcast. <laughs> yeah. So, Surprise! Emily, why don't you tell us about the next episode? Okay. So, um, this next episode is going to be about uh, Station Eleven by Emily St. John Mandel. Man- Mandel? I don't know. Um, it's by my girl Emily. So, this is sort of like a post-apocalyptic story about... I don't know, because I haven't started reading it yet, but some other people have, and they say it's really it's good. It's about a lot of things, but I think mostly it's about a traveling group of entertainers who are sort of like the last people performing Shakespeare and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But it is post-apocalyptic. All I knew about it is that it was po- post-apocalyptic, post-apocalyptic, and it had Shakespeare in it, and that's just, to me, like, two things that I'm down with. I'm pretty deep so into I, it, and I'm really, really enjoying it. Like, it's hard for me to put down at times. Yeah. Yay. It's very, um, good. And it's prettily <laughs> written, I would argue. I'm very excited, and also Todd is going to be a guest, mm-hmm. which is exciting. You've all heard about Todd. Todd. Come into the pod. I it's i don't think it's you've all heard about todd it's you've heard a name mentioned and try to understand who it is i know you're so excited to meet todd he wasn't an option on the bookish boyfriend quiz but he is an option for podcast guest yes so he's coming and he's he's pumped should i talk about the other sode too talk about the other sode and i'll talk about the next thing yeah oh so the next next podcast It's also one that I'm leading, so I'm just going to keep talking. It's me again. Um, Is going to be about Solo, which should really be called Lando, because we really just care about Donald Glover, or I do. In fact, I already know what my intro question is going to be for that episode, and it's going to be, what's your favorite thing about Donald Glover? So y'all get ready. (laughs) Could we say that this is about Solo, but also, if time permits, we could just talk about some Donald Glover stuff a little bit? Yeah. Um, yes, absolutely. That, um, yeah. So study up. In the doc, it says, Solo, the Donald Glover story, in parentheses, you hear me in your sister's room, like, all the time, Gambino girl forever on that bracelet that she bought online. Yep. End parentheses. That is from a Childish Gambino song. Mm-hmm. Is it? Oh, also, <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm so excited. By the time this episode comes out, Donald Glover will have been the guest on SNL and the musical, musical guest on SNL, and I am so pumped. Me too. So, oh my gosh. Like, I'm so excited for future me that is alive when this podcast is out on Monday and who has seen Donald Glover on SNL. So, <laughs> I'm a big fan. Um, so, I'm very excited to talk about Solo, which is, I don't think I've mentioned, is like about Han Solo, <laughs> the Star Wars character. It's yeah. Not a, it's not the guys, Donald Glover origin story. I'm excited because I actually don't really know that much about Donald Glover, have any like serious connection to it. So this is where this is where I learned that. But I do it understand begins. what it's like to love an actor who also has a side music project. His name's James Franco. Oh and my so God. I feel like I feel like I could um, also, 
you know, move into that Donald Glover territory. Is this one I talk about Oscar Isaac? Is does that, he have a band? Does he have a music career? Does he have a band called yeah. Daddy? Because James Franco does. Uh, Oscar Isaac <laughs> is a wonderful musician. Go fucking listen to the Inside Lewin Davis soundtrack and get back to me, bitches. Okay. James Franco's is not good. So, spoiler. <laughs> in case you thought it was. Elish uh, Gambino is real good. If you haven't heard I it, know. it's so good. Okay, I'll get on board. We have a final announcement. Oh, yes. Susan, you do this one. Okay, so... Um, as you know, we've planned out our books quite a while in advance, and my, like, not next one, but the one after that, so, like, at least eight weeks from sometime soon. Eight months. Weeks, <laughs> months. Sometime that next year, probably, we were going to read I'll Be Gone in the Dark by Michelle McNamara, um, who you might know as an awesome, um, the late Michelle McNamara, a true crime, true crime blogger. True crime. <laughs> A true crime blogger. I can't do it. <laughs> Hold on. You're too excited. You're doing, she's just so it's excited. True crime blogger from True Crime Diary. Um, also married to comedian Patton Oswalt. You might know her from that relationship as well. But she wrote a book called I'll Be Gone in the Dark, um, where she became totally obsessed with finding out who was the Golden State Killer, also known as the East Area Rapist, also known as the original Night Stalker. But... This past week, somebody got caught, y'all. This is just, like, insane. Because this guy, like, he was, like, doing stuff in the 70s and 80s, right? Mm -hmm. And, like, a lot of just now got caught. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, technically we should still be saying, like, the man they think is the Golden State Killer. But it was a 100% DNA match. Like, it was this guy, for real. So... And a lot of this is thanks to Michelle McNamara bringing this case back up because it was totally just had gone cold and this guy was going to just live out his life. He was still living in the same area and everything. Like, he, he thought shit was okay, as did Bill Cosby, but fuck you too, man. So, um, <laughs> we have, too, man. given the recent events and the fact that this is all very exciting, we have bumped up I'll Be Gone in the Dark to be uh, after Station Eleven instead of way far into the future. Um, so that it's all relevant and we can all get on this train and read it together and catch some killers and shit. And Michelle McNamara is a really great writer. Like, you know, sometimes true crime can be kind of shitty. Uh, or just dull. Dull or just like too pulpy. And like, it, this is also just as much about her and like her obsession with it. And so I'm excited. It's, it's pretty cool. So, yay. I'm excited too because like, um, the fact that we're reading it in or we're reading it for mid-June, gives me the perfect amount of time to, like, do some, like, deep digging and research so we can talk about events that have happened since the publication and get into all the good stuff about this case. And I'm super, Mm -hmm. super into it. So bums me out that, like, she is not here for this, though. Yeah. I know. Like. It's really sad. She's awesome. And if you haven't read, like, the stuff from True Crime Diary and you're into true crime, you would definitely love that, too. So. And check that out to warm up and then dive right in to I'll Be Gone in the Dark. Mm-hmm. And we're doing it. I will say, side note, you can cut this out, but I saw on Instagram the other day, Pat and Oswalt, when they caught the Golden State Killer, um, posted a video. And he was like, well, I'm flying to, you know, here to go to this press conference. You caught him, Michelle. And I was like, oh, oh God. So sweet. So Pat Oswalt has like... He- He's either engaged or he already remarried. I think he already remarried. I think he got married. He is still, like, 
just so awesomely supportive of this thing that Michelle was doing. Yeah. Like it's I mean, so he cool. Like he is running published. the book tour. Like he and the yeah. people that finished the book, like, and he wrote either forward or an afterward to the book, but, um, yeah, he's still like, you can just see him like beaming with pride that like she did this thing. And that's awesome. So. And I mean, like whether she's here to see it or not, she was still like instrumental in getting this mm-hmm. case. Oh out, yeah. She did this. Is, yeah. The police won't claim it. But she was. We, we know. know. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, we even know. the fact that he's called the Golden State Killer, like, that's a term that she coined. Like, people were still calling him the East Area Rapist, which totally, like, downplays the fact that he killed not a bunch of people. <laughs> so, yeah. Not not to say he wasn't raping people left and right. He totally was. But also But murder. he killed a lot of people. Yeah. That's a serial killer. Yeah. Anyway, she's awesome. We're awesome. It's all going to be fun. Yeah. Now, now go Skype some ghosts. Go Skype some ghosts, and while you're at it, check out our website, booksquadgoals.com. Please follow us on social media. We are at booksquadgoals on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. And apparently we're going to start using our stories on Instagram, so look for that. (laughs) Well, if people request it. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, we'll wait and see. Um, And Goodreads. And please email us any feedback to our new email address, thesquad at booksquadgoals.com. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And please email us, please. We want to hear please. from you. Mm-hmm. And please rate and review us. Please. Oh, we have a giveaway going on also. Oh, That's yes. Something. Please let us know why you're a feminist. And email us and let us know why you're a feminist. Rate and review us. And you could win a box of feminist goodie- goodies. Goodies. <laughs> feminist. <laughs> it's like cooties, but good. <laughs> Yeah, well, girls and feminists especially have cooties, so. <laughs> so they're they're awesome. That's how you know. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.